You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast. Your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of A Rose Through Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. You guys have made it to another hump day. That means we have another Wednesday question and answer episode for you guys teed up, right, along with our quote of the day. But before we even get into all of that, I want to just say, um, as a nation, I believe this is an appropriate time to take a deep breath, um, to exhale. There's going to be, of, if, of course, if you don't know, I should say I should not be so ignorant and assume that everyone knows. But if you don't know by this time, Joe Biden did win uh, the presidency, so he'll be the 46th president of the United States. And uh, so I just want to send a big collective exhale. If you have not done so yet, go ahead and exhale. Uh, if you vote, voted for Biden, if you voted for Trump, unfortunately, this is this is going to be a new regime. Or I should say, unfortunately for you, it's going to be a new regime. And just, I would ask that you embrace it and accept it for what it is. And don't try to ruin the things that, that the Democrats have coming up and have planned and hopefully to have good things planned. And, and a lot of the stuff are, is followed through on. Right. So just wanted to say that before we get into our quote of the day and the quote of the day is, is so very, very appropriate, I feel. Um, and it comes from rap artist and mogul Rick Ross. And the quote goes, I'm happy Donald Trump became the president because we got to destroy before we elevate. Once again, that quote is, I'm happy Donald Trump became the president because we have to destroy before we elevate. And that comes from the song Apple of My Eye, one of my favorite songs by Rick Ross. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Rick Ross. Probably not not a huge fan, I would say, but I'm a fan of Rick Ross and I'm a fan of his business ventures and the things that he's done. Um, but I'm more a fan of the quote because since I heard that quote, I've, I've always felt that that's something that we really, really felt as a nation right but we didn't know it yet up until recently up until biden uh went up against trump and we had the opportunity to get him out of the office but i believe what what donald trump showed us is the depths of the wickedness in our nation uh and that's the united states of america the depths of the wickedness and it is my hope that from from his presidency, we we come together and we create unity and we eventually start to rise above some of the madness that went on during that time. Right. So quarter of the day, I'm happy Donald Trump became the president because we got to destroy before we elevate by Rick Ross. Question number one, I have been speaking with this guy. We have fun. We go out for drinks. We meet up for lunch. We have se great sexting, fun conversation. Kissing is amazing. Not really sure, but for about two months, I would say. I want more, but nothing is happening but talk. 
Should I initiate moving forward? Should I wait? Am I trying to rush things? I don't know what to do here. What are your suggestions? Once again, that question is, I'm, I've been speaking with a gentleman and we have a great time. It looks like, and this is paraphrasing, of course, it looks like she's having a great time with him and wants to know what she can do to move forward or move the relationship forward. My suggestions would be um, have a conversation with the gentleman and just let him know, like, I'm really, really digging you. I'm really feeling your vibe. I really like the energy that you're bringing to me in this relationship. And I would like to move things forward. And I would just see what he says based off of that, because what I'm finding, at least recently, is gentlemen are not as bold as they were before, back kind of when I was younger, right? We had this this kind of forward nature where we, we were assertive and we were um, going after women, whereas now a lot of men are hesitant to initiate um, action, whether that's sex or foreplay or just a deeper level of a relationship because they're hesitant on um, what the woman feels or what you might feel. So I would certainly have that conversation with him and let him know, hey, I'm feeling you right it's just that simple I'm, I'm really feeling what you're bringing to the table and i like to move forward and try to make a deeper connection with you and i'm sure that especially if the converse if you're having great sexting conversations you're having fun conversations you're able to be yourself and relax while you're out having drinks that he feels that energy as well it's about moving forward like you said so i would just say go for it go for the jugular and uh go get your man question number two how often do you zone out? Once again, that question is, how often do you zone out? Actually, this is something that I'm currently working on. I was just making a list of things that I really, really want to improve. And one of the things on my list was staying present, right? And being mindful of the moment that I'm in and being grateful for each and every moment that I have. Uh, it's something that I've been I've been letting slip away, I would say, over the course of the last few months. So I got on my list right now. It's funny that this question is even asked. I got on my list right now to make sure that I'm staying present and staying mindful of the things that are going on within the present and that making sure I'm, I'm mindful that it's a gift, right? This it's a, The present is a gift. That's why it's called the present in my personal opinion. So staying present is, is certainly something that I'm working on because I have zoned out way more than I would like to and way more than I even care to share. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I zone out a lot and it's, it's something that happens to everyone. So I understand that piece of it as well. Uh, the average human attention span, believe it or not, is like four seconds or something like that. So that, uh, that goes to show you that staying present and being mindful and not zoning out is probably one of the more difficult things to do. Question number three. Is Instagram causing a mental health crisis amongst teenagers and children? Once again, that question is, is Instagram causing a mental health crisis amongst teenagers and children? I don't know if, well, I know for sure I'm not qualified to say it, but I don't know if I would necessarily say that it's causing a mental health crisis, but I'll certainly say that it's not um, It's not good reinforcement for children and teenagers because um, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media handles, what what happens is they create artificial reinforcements, right? So when you when you're having a rough day and you don't really know how to cope or deal with your emotions and what's going on within you, you can go to a social media page and you can get a ton of likes, which it 
can be, like I said earlier, an artificial reinforcement and and let you kind of push your emotions to the side and push your feelings to the side. The other fear that I have when it comes to social media and I'm I'm <laughs> plotting and planning to make sure I have a strategy for my daughters as well is that when you when you start to get all of these likes and um, all of this attention on social media, it, it makes you think that people actually genuinely like you and people genuinely care. And in a lot of cases, that's not the case. People just want something from you and, and they just want to see what they get can get out of you. So that can be that can be tough in itself to navigate. All right. So I think that there's there's a lot of dangers within social media that if you do have children, if you do have teenagers, you want to make sure you're on top of that and you're at least trying to be a buffer to a lot of that artificial reinforcement. All right, here we go. Insight from a former narcissist. Question number one. Is it possible as it is impossible, excuse me, to escape people who have high level of narcissism? How might one coexist or even mutually get along with the narcissist while trying to fly under the radar of their abusive tendencies, like in the friend group or setting? Once again, that question is. It's difficult or nearly impossible to escape people who are highly narcissistic. How might one coexist or eventually, or I should say, or mutually get along with the narcissistic person while flying under the radar of their abusive tendencies, like in a friend or group setting? I think whenever it comes to narcissism, you want to be really, really careful about trying to quote unquote coexist with them because there is no coexisting with a narcissist if or I should say, unless you're feeding into a lot of their narcissistic behavior. So unless you're enabling and reinforcing a lot of their behavior, then there's there's not really much coexistence if you understand that they are a narcissist and they have narcissistic tendencies. So to think that you can coexist with one, I think you're kind of playing with a slippery slope there. there. There's no coexisting unless you're you're enabling a lot of their behaviors, right? So that's to say, if you're someone who who wants to hold a narcissistic person accountable for their actions, then there's a pretty good chance there won't be any coexisting and you'll keep clashing with that person because you know what's going on and you want to give them the real and hold them accountable for a lot of those negative tendencies. And that's just not the case with narcissists. They don't like being held, held accountable for their actions and they'll lash out from that. So um, flip the coexistence piece from um, coexisting to managing your time so that you're not around this person as often as maybe you have to be. Question number two, why does the narcissistic person always play the victim and claim you are abusing them? Once again, that question is, why does the narcissistic person always play the victim and claim you are abusing them? That's a, a tactic that a narcissist will use to keep you kind of in their web, right? And that makes you, typically, if you're a good person, you're a nice person, you want the best for everyone. And the narcissistic understand that and they know that. So they try to make you feel like you're the bad guy and that you're coming down on them and that their life has been so hard up until this point and they've had so many difficult relationships. Whatever they can throw at you that'll actually stick, that's what they'll use. Um, and they'll use that once again just to keep you on their web, to keep you... Um, 
um, as someone who who they can continue to drain your energy and continue to get away with with those behaviors. If you're in a relationship with someone who you know is a narcissist, you should never feel like a victim for holding them accountable for their actions. And even on a higher level to that, if you're in a relationship that is healthy and positive and that you would like to last for a long term in a healthy and positive manner, you want to be with somebody who you can hold accountable for their actions. Question number three, why do narcissistic people come back to their old relationships? Once again, that question is, why do narcissistic people come back to their old relationships? I think they come back to see what kind of power they still have over you, if any. Right. If you are someone who's shown or displayed um, any type of weakness when it comes to this person, then they come back to you to see what energy they haven't sucked out of you. And if they can still have that attachment. Right. Especially in cases in which um, the narcissist has left or, quote unquote, gotten into another relationship. It's it still does not mean they don't think about you or want to see what type of power they hold over you. So. Be, be careful with your energy with that situation. Um, guard your energy and understand that if the narcissist left you before and uh, left you in, in, in situations in which you, you couldn't believe you were in, you couldn't believe you loved them so much, they'll do it again and just close that door while you can. Question number four. Can a narcissistic person get hurt by constantly being criticized from his partner? Once again, that question is, can a narcissistic person get hurt by constantly being criticized from his partner? I think there, there, that's always a possibility uh, when you're facing harsh criticism, especially depending upon the language that you're using. You could always run the risk of someone getting hurt. In terms of the narcissist, I think it, it does a little more. It, it adds fuel to their fire, so to speak. And if you're constantly berating them or constantly um, holding them accountable for their actions or criticizing them, either of those avenues, if you're taking them, um, what a narcissist does is he uses that, he or she, I should say, uses that as fuel for their fire. So when you are at not at a high emotional state where you're criticizing them for their actions, they'll take advantage of that and say, oh, you you always come down on me for this or you always say I'm not doing that. And it kind of pulls on your heartstrings a little bit. So be careful about the constant criticism, because in some cases it helps. But in most cases with narcissists that I've either worked with or that I've seen, they, that is just fuel to their fire to pull on your heartstrings later on down the line. Question number five. What happens when a narcissistic person asks you not to discuss problems in the relationship because they like their pri like their privacy? Once again, that question is, what happens when a narcissistic person asks you not to discuss their problems or the problems in their relationship because they like their privacy? That is narcissism 101, my friend. That is someone who is trying to keep everything that they do negatively in-house and give off the appearance that everything is perfect and they're just this charming and elegant person. That is certainly narcissism 101. And I would invite you to um, try to draw connections outside of this person as often as possible, in particular, the make connections to people that are close to them and they'll give you insight on how this person truly, truly operates 
and what behavior that they have and tendency that they have that they've enabled over a period of time, like a sister or a brother. Um, a mother is also a good resource for that. Just someone who's enabled this person to carry on these behaviors over this long period of time. And that'll be your, your perfect insight to why this person doesn't want, um, anybody else in their relationship and they want to keep everything private because that's a part of their charm, but it may not be something that you can see right away. All right. So that's it, guys. That's all the questions that we have for you guys tonight. Remember, you guys are more than welcome to hit us up at TQLP20 at gmail.com with any questions that you guys have for our big Wednesday episode. And remember, those questions are always read in an anonymous manner, so you never have to worry about anyone knowing what's going on or getting in your business, right? Also, you can hit us up on our Facebook page, The Quality of Love Podcast. Remember, guys, as always, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love. Peace and love.